Welcome to the Death Kit Show. Let's go. Hey. All right. Welcome to the GK Show. Fun music at the beginning. Yeah. Having a good day. Let's start the pod. Welcome back. Ah, still trying to do it. Can't do it like my guy, Clay Travis. Let me try again. Welcome back. That's a little bit better. Okay, so. I am back out here. I was just, uh, I was in Bermuda t- today, Bermuda, and now I'm literally uh, going through the Bermuda Triangle. I guess I looked at the map where we're going next, and I'm like, yep, that's the uh, Bermuda Triangle, definitely. So we'll see if this ever gets uploaded. You know, uh, I watched a whole video about the Bermuda Triangle on the way here, and it's just a big. Big fake news thing I found out. Big myth, you know. There's a lot of ships that got wrecked back in the day because the there's a lot of uh, coral reefs that are high up or something, and they're all scattered. So a lot of the old wooden ships would hit them, and then they, you know, people would get lost. And that's kind of uh, that's where it all came from. And then of course there's been some planes and everything. Like five planes disappeared, but I don't know. I guess most people don't get lost in the Bermuda Triangle. Uh, so that's good. It's good to know. I, I, tr- I try not to, I hate listening to myself, but sometimes I'll listen back to some of these. I am still saying like way too often. That, that has to change. Like ASAP. <laughs> like that needs to like change. Sounds so dumb, man. My wife says like a lot too. And we both said that we need to work on that because our daughter is starting to stay it. She talks a lot now. And we'll ask her a question, and she's sounding a little valley girl, you know, a little valley girl-ish. A little, yeah, like, at school, like, my friend, like, and we're like, oh, no. But I can always just blame my wife, you know, she's with her more. I'm out here and working on the road for the family, so even though it would have the same result if I was home, I'm going to blame my wife, you know what I mean? Always blame somebody else if you can. That's rule number one in life. Never your fault. Go through life thinking you're awesome everybody else sucks so i had one of the scariest moments it's funny because people all over this world deal with real scary moments you know war-torn countries stuff like that and this was the scariest moment maybe of my life got dropped off at the airport had a red eye from la to jfk in new york and then i had to go to new york to bermuda and i get out of my uber Guy pops a trunk, get my bag, got my backpack on, always tap my pockets, right? Okay, got my wallet here, got my stuff over here, nice. I felt a little something light, felt felt like something was off, right? Tap my back pocket where I keep my cellular phone, nothing. That was such a scary moment. I ran after the Uber. Luckily, I tapped my pocket right away at a cause of habit, which is kind of bad because I'm always checking for my phone for some reason, even though I don't need to. But also, it saved me this time. 
That would have been a very rough trip, this trip, if I lost my phone. Because I needed, there's a certain letter I had in an email that I needed when I got to Bermuda, so they would let me through customs and all this stuff, and also I just would not have a phone. I'd have no way of checking in for my flight, I'd, uh, all sorts of things, right? So, anywho, ran after the guy, and it was funny, I go, hey man, hey, hey, you know, left my phone, left my phone. And he, um, it was funny too, because I was like, he was right there, and then I'm like, oh, he sees me, and then he started to speed up. And he's a nice guy, so he wasn't trying to ditch me or something. That's always a scary feeling when you're like, oh, whew, he's right here. And he's like, oh no, now I gotta run? So I had to run with my bag. And when I saw him, I go, hey man, I left my phone. And then he goes, oh, sorry about that. And I said, well, sorry about what, dude? I left my phone, <laughs> you didn't do anything. So, is there a scarier moment, you know? Let me know, e email me, it's in the show notes, you know, the email, let me know. What's your scariest moment? Love to hear it. Uh, while we're talking about show notes, do me a favor, if you haven't yet, I see a lot of people have been doing it more and more. Um, if you just take 10 seconds and rate the podcast five stars, if you wanna write a review real quick, that'd be cool too, that'd be extra cool. But if you just rate it five stars, helps helps it, uh, you know, get new listeners and stuff, move up the charts. So please, please do that. I know it's annoying I have to say it. My Uber driver, by the way, super big, super big Donald J. Trump fan. This guy loved Trump, like, which is fine, you know what I mean? People have their political leanings, but it was just so immediate how it happened. Um, I didn't even really look at him when I got in the car. It was a white dude and, uh, if for anyone wondering, he didn't say anything racist or anything like that. Seemed like a nice guy. He said his wife's Mexican, his best friend's black. I'm like, dude, my wife's Mexican, and my best friend is part black, half black. So, um, pretty interesting. But uh, it's just funny because what do you? How did it start? It started immediately. I don't live too far from the freeway. I live probably. I think I live a mile from the freeway from where my house is. So you know, I'm killing it because I live right near the freeway, um, and. We weren't even at the freeway, and he asked me something. He asked where I was going, I think, and I said Bermuda, and then he was like, oh, what are you doing in Bermuda? I'm like, oh, I'm just working on a cruise ship or whatever. And then he said, oh, and I think he said, like, are you a comedian? I just said like again. He said, are you a comedian or something? And I said, yeah, and he's like, I knew it. And so it's like weird, I'm like, did I get recognized? I have a story about actually getting recognized that I will tell later, but, um, that I knew it. I think I think it's like my level. Like to some people, they're like, he looks familiar. And then if you if they actually talk to me, they might, you know, if it comes out, they're like, oh, I thought so, something, maybe. So that's my level of fame, which is pretty much non-existent. <laughs> non-existent fame. But uh so yeah, so what do you say? So he's gonna somebody being a comedian. And they said something about how you have to adjust. That's what it was. He said something about, like, oh yeah, you gotta adjust, right? Every couple of years. And I didn't know if he meant write new jokes, which I'm always doing. Uh, so I said, oh, what do you mean? And then he was, said something about, you know, because of how people are, or pol he said something about politics or something. And then I said, oh yeah, you know, it is kind of weird now. And I, was t I just told him a very quick, totally true story about how, you know, I've written for some TV shows and I want to write for more shows. And uh, I, I've written some stuff and I, I asked some writer friends of mine, you know, for advice and they told me straight up, oh yeah, you know, I don't know if this is still the case. I'm not super in at all in Hollywood at all anymore. But not that I was ever was super in, but at least I was more in. Um, so he said, yeah, like a couple different writers told me that they're not taking any scripts or any stuff from straight white male 
uh, people, and I'm like, what? I go, I thought I knew that. Would, like, there there was stuff like that with certain like uh, TV stuff, you know. They wanted to diversify and all that stuff, but I didn't know for writing. I'm like, oh, like who cares? I thought like who cares who the writer is, you know? And they're like, no. Nah. Like the one guy told me his agent, he tried to get his his buddy who's actually a, a writer who's staffed on television like network shows these guys that means like you're doing really well as a writer like you're making a lot of money and you're writing on network shows and he said that he told his agents the guy i'm talking to is not white by the way obviously and he told his uh, agents oh yeah you should check out you know my buddy so-and-so he's looking for new representation and his agents were like we're not taking any new white guys uh so that's crazy because that guy is making a bunch of money as a writer. I'm just somebody I've made a little bit and I'm trying to get more into that world, you know? So anyways, I brought that up and that just, this guy was like, man, right? And I was like, oh boy, oh boy. <laughs> like I was just telling a totally true story. And he goes, right? Like when, like uh, it's racism, man. And I was like, oh yeah, you know, I got, it's you know, life's not fair. Like I don't know how to react to that. And then uh, what do you say? He goes, said something about like, when's it gonna be our turn again or something? And I don't know, whenever people lump me in with them right away, just because our skin looks the same, I'm like, uh, I don't know, man. Like, I know I am, like, you know, Eastern European descent, but I'm Jewish. Like, it's kind of a different thing than, I don't know, I'm not that guy. And I would never say, when's it going to be our turn to somebody? So anyways, it was a pretty exciting ride. I will say this. If I had to choose between listening to somebody who, like, having, who would you rather have? An Uber, I was thinking about this after this ride. A guy who... You know, it was like super into Donald Trump. This guy, I mean, he was talking about the deep state and everything a bunch. It was, it was a fun ride. Like, it was a fun conversation, if I'm being perfectly honest. But I feel like the other, the flip side of that coin, I feel like I wouldn't want to be with an Uber driver who's complaining all the time. I mean, this guy was complaining too, but I feel like the Trump supporters, their complaints are different. You know, like, he just, I don't know, maybe, I don't know, it's kind of weird. I don't even really know what I'm trying to get at, but I feel like that guy it's more interesting to talk to that guy about you know the deep state and this and that and hunter biden man and blah 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 you know and uh he wasn't saying anything negative about anybody he was just saying you know how he like really really believes that donald trump cares about him and wants to make uh, america great again <laughs> which is like it's always funny when somebody repeats a slogan he goes yeah he goes he's a billionaire man he didn't have to run for president uh he had he had no reason just he wants to help people and, I, you know, he's my Uber driver, so I wasn't going to, you know, get in any discussion about that. I, I mean, I get where he's coming from. I get that. I think that's why a lot of people feel on both sides like their person really cares about them and blah, blah, blah. But uh, there's also other reasons to run. The guy, you know, I don't think Donald Trump's the worst guy ever or anything like some people do. I don't think he's the best guy ever like some people do. But... Uh, he does seem to have a super huge ego. <laughs> you know what I mean, and I feel like anybody running for president. Have you seen anybody running for president legitimately who you're like, I'd like to hang out with that guy? They all seem so weird to me. Like, you, there's got to be something going on with you where you think, ah, I should be president. Yeah, I should be president of the United States. I should run the country. I should, I just, I don't know. There's a lot, there's a lot of things that go into that. You know, you're going to be scrutinized, your family, all that stuff, your past, your everything but also just i don't know it's weird i wouldn't want to be president if somebody's like hey do you want to be the next president i'd probably be like nah is there another job opening <laughs> can i just have one where i just make a good living but i'm not president and i have a free time to just kick it with my kids and stuff i don't know <coughs> oh, excuse me where's the cough button <coughs> mr producer hit the cough button i got all sorts of people working in this little studio with me 
So uh, my flight home, okay, this was this was great. My flight home from where was I just coming back from? I flew from somewhere and then Charlotte. Was it Charlotte to LA? I think it was Charlotte to LA. Anyways, I finally have status on certain airlines again, which is great, because when I had status before, it's awesome. I don't care what anyone says. It's much better to have status. It's much better to travel when they bump you up to first class and stuff. So I got to fly first class home, uh, two flights, and both of them, they bumped me up. And so I'm sitting next to this guy. This guy legitimately recognized me, which is kind of weird, because I just really haven't done much at all, uh, I think, period. Well, I mean... If, I know other people are like, man, you were on this and that and that. I'm like, this is a long time ago. Like, I feel like I haven't done anything. But uh, he starts talking to me, and he said, he goes, you're a comedian, right? And I was like, oh, yeah. And then he's like, oh, I thought so. And he showed me his phone. He had my website pulled up. He's like, yeah, I looked you up to make sure. I thought that was you or something. And I'm like, oh, cool. So this guy was a military dude. So I was tired, guys. I was going to sleep that flight. It was a five-hour and eight-minute flight home from Charlotte to L.A., and I was tired. I couldn't wait to sleep, you know, so I'd have energy when I got home, hang out with the fam. But once I found out that this guy's a military dude and he fought in Iraq and he's, uh, you know, knew who I was and wanted to talk, I'm like, all right, well, I guess I'm staying up. So I stayed up the whole flight. Me and this dude boozed it up, man. Drinks, 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 talking. This guy told me about being in Iraq. He told me about all sorts of stuff. He said how he knew around the, um, the 2008 election or something. The guy was like, he's like, look, he's like, I'm not like really political. Like I, he's kind of like, we had a good talk. He's kind of like me. Um, and uh, like he's, he's, you know, he's, he knows like, you know, he's like pays attention to what's going on, but he's not like super like one side or the other. And he was telling me that uh, he had family back home asking who they should vote for. And this is 2007, 2008. And he said, look, all I know is uh, he said he said as soon as Obama pulled out from like he said the area where he was in Iraq it was right he said it was like one of the first places ISIS took over when uh, when uh, Obama pulled those people out and, you know I don't know if you guys remember but some people on the news were like you're pulling out too early it's gonna create a vacuum and it kind of did or did not kind of did did so anyways it's kind of interesting and he wasn't like shitting on Obama or like saying anything saying anything good about either side but uh Great combo with that guy. Man, it's so interesting, you know? This guy got in when he was in the Marines when he was 18, I think. And uh, and then he's he works for the Army now. He's in the Army. So, you know, got to get it for that guy. I wish I could remember more about that flight. I remember as we were talking, I was in my head, I was like, oh, that's interesting. I got to remember that. Oh, that's interesting. I got to remember that. But like I said, we were also drinking the whole time. So... I forgot. <laughs> All I know is a nice guy, stationed in Hawaii. Uh, he's divorced. Like I'm, I'm remembering all the stuff that's not even that interesting. I got his phone number. What's his name now? I gotta look this guy up in my phone. I forgot his name. Uh, Matt, I think. Let me see. Pretty sure it's Matt. I'll give this guy a little shout. Oh yeah, Matt Blensky, military. There he is. He's in Hawaii now, and he's uh, a little younger than me. He's done a lot. It's just crazy. I asked him the same question I asked when I used to tour on this I did this marine base tour and I asked this uh, sergeant major he's like real high up if you're sorry that's the highest civilian rank I believe in the marines sergeant major and uh I asked the guy we're on a ride to one of the shows and I go hey man I go just be honest I go I don't care do you look at guys like me and you're like what a fucking pussy <laughs> and he goes no no I don't and he's like an older dude and, and uh, I was like how could you not though man I go like you fought in wars and stuff and you know I 
walk I tell jokes <laughs> I go how do you not look at me like this motherfucker and he goes no nah. I go no 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 he did I forgot what he said but uh, he was trying to be nice about it and I asked this guy the same thing he's like no nah, man he goes you know I see like both sides of it you know he's like you're, oh, I, oh this is one of the things I asked him about I asked him about Bo Bergdahl because I go what, what did like the military guys think about that guy because that was a big thing that guy Bo Bergdahl if you remember this guy abandoned his unit in I believe Afghanistan not Iraq and then uh guys died trying to find him right that's what the news was saying like the the right wing news was like oh guys died trying to find him and the left because Obama gave the guy like a um gave him like a medal or something when he came home and everybody's like how could you do this the guy's a traitor and a lot of people were mad about that so I asked him I go hey is that true that guys really died trying to find that guy and he's like yeah and then he, uh, he goes, but it's also true that um, he's like, they didn't, I, I, go, what, I go, what's the deal? I go with that. Like if somebody deserts, you know, if they would just walk off like that, uh, like why would we go look for him? You know, I, go, I mean, is, is, that, is that like policy? Is that standard procedure? And he said that they didn't know that he walked off right away. This is probably stuff that was already in the news. I might've known this before, but uh, he said at first they didn't know. They thought he might have been captured. But then they found out later he did walk off and did just totally desert his guys. And he said multiple people died trying to find him. Uh, and I was like, what do you think about that? And he's like, man, he goes, at first, he goes, I kind of like, I think he said he kind of like hated that guy or, you know, he's pissed. Like, he goes, and then he goes, I don't know, man. He's like, I've been in war, though, and it, like really messes with you and you're really young and you're out there, you know, you're 18, 19 years old. And then you're, it's, he's like, it's just like, you know, it's just such a weird reality. He goes, so I can't really like blame him too much, but you know, and I'm like that's the thing, dude. It's like such a weird, uh, weird discussion. I don't know if the guy deserved a medal though. I think he did get a medal or something. Didn't it have, like a rose garden uh, thing? And that's what people got all pissed about. But anyways, pretty interesting. I like to talk to guys that have lived through it. You know, um, much different. It's it's just weird how. Uh, I mean, this is one military. I talked to other military people too. Uh, but they just don't come off as crazy, hyper-partisan the way people on the on TV talk about them. All right. I wish I remembered more about our conversation, but uh, thanks again for your service, Matt. Okay. Oh, yeah. So getting on this flight, I was the flight from JFK to Bermuda. Delta, which I don't have status with them again like I used to, so it's these flights were not good. I could not sleep. I am, I'm used to the nice life now. You know what I mean? I, I'm used to the extra leg room. I'm used to knowing I could get some drinks if I want them. I'm used to getting some food. You know what I mean? I don't really eat pasta. Oh, what is that? Uh, spinach and cheese stuffed raviolis. Yeah, I'll eat that. I'm not on a diet when I'm in first class. You bring whatever you've got. So Delta had to sit in the back of the plane like a total loser again. I told, uh, my mom, I wanted to act like, uh, you know, be in the back of the plane somewhere, but like, hey, you know, I don't usually sit back here. I'm kind of a big deal on American Airlines right now, you know? Like, it's kind of, kind of neat to, like, be back here with the real folk like you guys. <laughs> Just as, like, a total douchebag move. Yeah, you know, I'm used to getting some drinks, not paying for them. Yada, yada, yada. You know, I get some spinach and cheese ravioli if I want, you know. They're just so much nicer to you in first class, by the way, too. The flight attendants, it's so funny. They're always so nice in first class. Um, and sometimes they're nice on in coach, but not always, you know what I mean? I, on this plane, the flight attendant walked by. I'm tired of trying to get some sleep. And 
my I guess my seatbelt wasn't tight, and she didn't even say like, oh hey, you might want to tighten your seatbelt. She just walks by, like pulls like a uh, the the slack on my uh, seatbelt with her finger and goes, that's not gonna save you. She said, that's not gonna save you. That's not gonna help you at all or something. I think I wrote it down. I don't know. That's not gonna help you. That's what she said. It's like, oh thanks. Are we planning on crashing? I don't understand the seatbelt. I guess in certain, yeah, I guess we have to do a crazy landing or something, the seatbelt would help. But if you, I mean, if you're just going to, you know, the plane's going to crash and the seatbelt doesn't matter. But I guess it matters in this case where it doesn't crash. Anyways, so the Delta agents page me, you know, sometimes like, oh, can I Jeffrey Case to the front, please? Jeffrey Case to the, you know, gate, whatever agent. So I go up to the podium. I'm the only one there. I'm standing right in front of two people. And they didn't say anything to me for probably two solid minutes. They didn't say like, oh, just one second, just doing something real quick. You know, or like, hey, just give me a moment. Nothing. Just, I'm standing there legitimately two feet. Like our faces were two feet away, maybe three feet away from each other. Just ignoring me. I'm clearly right there. It's not, you know, it's not a situation where, oh, is that guy here? The podium's really high. It's hard to see. No, I'm right there. Could have just reached out and touched the guy's face and touched the girl's face, just rubbed my knuckles down the back of their cheeks. And finally, the guy looks up and he's like, Oh, uh, yeah, can I help you? I'm like, Yeah, you paged me, motherfucker. What are you talking about? He helped me. The guy said, What's up? What's up is you paged me. I'm not just standing here. Come on. If you, listen, if you didn't page anybody and I just walk up, well, you should still, as customer service, you should say something to me. But don't page people and then people show up. And then you act like, hey, what are you standing here for? I've been here for two minutes, dude. That's what's up. You page me. Why'd my voice crack? Now I'm, t- now I'm just angry. Uh, oh, geez. So this, I gotta tell this. So I have this, cre- this new credit card where I have access to all these different lounges, right? Airport lounges, which is a great perk for me because I, I do have a, I fly a lot. I have a lot of long layovers sometimes, and it's nice to be able to just have a lounge. You can go somewhere. You can get some food for free at the airport. You can, you know, get some water. You can get coffee, espresso, you know, all that stuff. You can get drinks if you want. If you have a long layover, you want to party a little bit, whatever, right? And I can get people in the lounge with me if I'm traveling with you, which I'm never really traveling with anyone. But when I do travel again with my wife or something, we have a layover. I can get her in. Uh, I can get my kids in, too. Anyways. So the thing that's kind of annoying is some airport, there's, this has like, oh, you have access to 1,200 lounges all over the world. Well, I figured because when I would look it up before I got the card, I felt like every airport I was at had those lounges. And I'm like, oh, if I had that card, I could go here. You know? Well, I, say, I say you know too much too. So like and you know, I got to cut out as much as possible. So anyways, the, there's a really good app for this uh, credit card for knowing where the lounges are. And there's been a couple airports where I'm like, oh, there's a lounge right there. Perfect. Great. That totally worked. And then there's certain airports where there's just no lounge access. Some of them have a thing, which is good too, where I can eat at a place and then I get $28 off my bill. So basically I can eat for free if I want uh, at these places. So that's nice. And you just have to tip, I guess. Uh, So I look up, I'm at LAX and the other thing that's annoying is a lot of times the, the lounges you can go to with the card... For some reason, I'm just never at that terminal. So that's kind of annoying. So I get to LAX, and I didn't even have a lot of time, but I'm, like, I'm using this lounge situation, you know? So I took a shuttle from Terminal 3 to 2, because that's where the lounge was. They said I had access to the Virgin Atlantic Lounge. 
I show up to the Virgin Atlantic Lounge. It's across from the Delta Lounge. And it's the sign says Virgin Atlantic Lounge right here. You know? Oh my God. I just said, you know, again. Virgin Atlantic Lounge. And there's no way in. There's just no way in. And there was a big sliding door type of thing, like huge, like the wall looks like it slid. And it's called, and it said Virgin Atlantic Lounge. I'm looking around, I'm like, is there an entrance I'm missing? Because it says it's right here. Should I go down there? Should I go down here? Nope, there's nothing. This is it, right? So then I honestly just stood in front of the thing and I was trying to get close to it, thinking that would open the door. Like, that's how you get in. The Delta one's obviously wide open. It's all lit up. <laughs> there's people you can see inside working. There's people going in and out. And this one, I just walk up to the door. It doesn't open. So I just kind of walk a little closer. I'm like, oh, this automatic door sucks, right? Then I swear, guys, I go to where the door meets the wall. This is a huge door. It goes all the way up to the ceiling, right? Probably a, I don't know, 12 foot high door or something. I put my fingers on the side of the door and I try and move it. And I'm like looking back, making sure people aren't seeing me do this. What was I thinking? That's how you get into the Virgin Atlantic Lounge. You, you have to pry the big 12-foot sliding door open. And then once you get in, everyone's like, you did it. <laughs> we don't like to make it easy. Welcome to the Virgin Atlantic Lounge. And maybe I, I, or maybe you get in and you have to do like an American Ninja Warrior obstacle course. You have to finish it. You finish it. Everyone just starts applauding for you. And then you're like, thank you. Can I get a vodka soda? And they're like, beer and wine only. Shit. <laughs> Anyways, I'm an idiot. I'm just trying to pry a door open. And then I, so I literally got off the shuttle walked over to the lounge, tried to break in basically, then realized I couldn't, then turned around, got back on the shuttle, and then I made it to my flight as it was boarding. So I really didn't have much time to do that anyways. So I basically did that to see if I could just get a snack real quick. And I wanted to see what the lounge looked like. I just want to use the lounge as much as possible. Um, so I was in New York on my layover. There was a lounge there I could use, and it was a great one. I loved that lounge. Wingtips Lounge. I enjoyed it. They had a bunch of candy, too. Man, I miss the days when I used to eat candy. I used to work out so much. I used to play basketball three hours a day, lift weights for an hour a day, every single day. <laughs> so you could just eat candy, just ripped in great shape. You're young. Now, not really a thing. So... Uh, what was my point? Oh, yeah, so I'm in New York. I feel like in New York City... There are people, and I've been to other countries where people kind of don't have the same uh, courtesy when they're walking to get out of people's way, but that's just kind of the culture. I feel the culture in New York City, it almost seems like everyone's aiming to walk into you. It almost seems like everybody, and this goes across like every gender, uh, race, people that look totally different, everybody's doing the same thing in New York. They're all kind of walking at you, and you have to get out of their way. It's almost like they can't see. It's almost like you're walking in a sea of blind people and they're all just coming at you and you just got to bob and weave and you're the one, you're the problem. I always feel like I'm the problem when I'm in New York City. So I felt that this morning. Um, I got this new white shirt I'm all excited about. And this is just a parent thing. If you have little kids, you'll get this. Really, I really like this this shirt. You know, it feels it's a good material, real soft and everything. I put it on the other day. We were getting ready to go somewhere when I was home and my wife's like, Oh, you look nice. Oh, nice new shirt or whatever. And the shirt's very white. And then I just, I was, I had so much anxiety wearing the shirt around my kids. I'm like, this shirt's going to get dirty. This shirt is definitely going to get dirty. If I wear this, I went back upstairs and took it off. You can't even have anything nice. I knew for sure my kids were going to spill something on it or touch me. Their hands would have you know, food or whatever on it and touch the shirt and the shirt would be forever ruined. 
So I just took it off. Then, I, so I brought on this, I'm like, I'm just gonna bring on the shit, you know, I'll just perform in that shirt. So when I get where I get on, I always go down to the laundry room and iron my stuff, right? I'm ironing my shirt, I'm almost done ironing the shirt, it's a short sleeve button up. I'm like, oh, let me just do it, like iron these sleeves real quick. What, this iron, this piece of shit iron, which is just old and crappy, I guess, it like like charred or like burned or something something on the shirt i think it was just like stuff from the iron i don't know if like when i wash the shirt it'll come off or not it didn't it's not like huge not like a very super noticeable thing but i've literally worn the shirt for you know 10 minutes downstairs at my house before i went back upstairs to take it off because i was so petrified that something was going to happen to it and then i iron it just to make it look not wrinkly because it was in a carry-on suitcase and now it's already slightly damaged just you know you know, it is, uh, I have a rough life. I need a new podcast logo. I was all excited about my podcast logo when I first made it. I took a picture of me and I had somebody cartoonize it, make it a cartoon version. I'm like, ah, oh, this is nice. I think it just looks cheap and crappy, if I'm being totally honest. <laughs> I'm going to just have somebody use a real picture of me and make a better logo. <laughs> because I think the logo stinks. Again, it's in the show notes. Let me know what you think. I think it sucks. I was all excited about it, and I'm just not into it. So, all right, guys, I'm going to try and crank some of these out and upload them when I can. Uh, please take a moment, rate the pod five stars. really does help. I think I need to move around material on the these cruise shows, too, because these shows, are it's, there's definitely certain material that the cruise crowds just they don't get like I don't do anything on stage that hasn't worked really well so you and usually if something worked sometimes it's very weird comedy you know sometimes you get something to work great and then you like never get it to work again but I'm talking about things that consistently worked really well in front of all different crowds I'm like okay I'll you know that stays in my act basically right because it's clearly funny enough but there's certain bits man that I'm like this show tonight I'm on stage it's going great the room's like smaller. Sometimes the rooms are really, really big. This room's like, you know, cool because they're all packed. I'm like, oh, this is fun. It's like a fun show, you know, and it's going awesome. And I'm tired, so I'm also kind of like having trouble thinking while I'm on stage. And uh, it's going great. And then I get to like this one little pocket that does really well other places. And it just, I feel like I kind of lost them a little bit. Like some people were still laughing and other people just like, I was getting these huge laughs and then it just turned into... I don't know if I turned them off because of the the content I was talking about. See, that's a thing. It's so interesting. Certain things, man, if, you know, depending on the crowd, I feel like a lot of comedy crowds now are kind of on edge when you bring up certain topics. I just have a certain little chunk about talking about, uh, you know, my daughter when she was little and how you can't tell babies, you know, that they're when they're just like fat and chubby and if they don't have you know if you don't have you know, them in like a stereotypical girl outfit like a princess dress or you don't have them in a stereotypical you know boy outfit like on like just like a baseball player or something um you know i do some material about people mistaking my daughter for being a boy and it's just like light hard and stuff but i feel like right when i brought that like bring it up People are like, oh, gender stuff, I don't know. And I can never tell. I can, you know, you can never tell. You can just kind of sense things when you're on stage. Sometimes I feel like the crowd is just, I don't want to talk about this because, you know, this gender stuff. Boys are boys and girls are girls. And I don't like what people are doing nowadays. Sometimes I feel like it's that. And sometimes I feel it's just, oh, like, I don't know. This is a touchy subject. Can this subject be spoken about? I can't laugh at this. I just feel like it, it's, it just makes people tighten up. So, 
I've got to move that to a different set, I think. Or, I don't know. Just, just annoying. It's just annoying when you're having a really, really good set, and then it kind of dips for a few minutes. And you're like, shit, really, guys? Now i got to like, win you back again? Like We loved each other. We were having a great time. Anyways, uh, when I'm back in town, I'm going to be back in town for almost a month. First time I've been in town for that long in a while after the next, uh, I'm back on the 12th. I'm recording this on the 1st. I don't know when it'll come out. And uh, yeah, I'm going to try and get some guests. I've reached out to some people I want to get some guests on because I like talking to other people. You know, this, this solo pod life is fun. I like to, you know, get things out, but I want to get some other people on. been having a lot of conversations with a certain comic buddy of mine where we keep joking because we're leaving each other voice notes back and forth I'm like this is basically like you know he said it i was thinking then he said it we're kind of like always thinking the same thing if he's listening to this he'll probably just laugh at that because he'd be like oh shit man jeff thinks i'm like we, we're alike <laughs> so um but i was thinking and then he goes like man this is a podcast right here these voice notes i'm like i know just thinking the same thing so I got to reach out a couple other people too, and they said they'd want to come on. So hopefully, I got time when I'm in town, record those, bring some different people to the pod for you guys to listen to. Uh, all right, really appreciate you guys. Please take a moment and rate the podcast five stars, leave a review. I appreciate you so much. Thank you for listening to my daddy.